All right, Marlo, sound check. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Let me turn my phone. Yeah, up. gotta move up closer to the mic. I'm gonna turn my phone up. Sorry. Can you hear me now? Okay. A little bit better. One more time. Can you hear me? Yeah, a little better. Good. That's good. All right, I'll meet you. We'll be ready to go in a second. Okay, no problem. Uh, a little bit louder on your mic. A little lighter. Okay. Good evening, and welcome to another evening of Dr. Cliff Burton Friends, featuring the absolute very best in all of women's sports and HBCU athletics. Tonight, <clears throat> we have a great show for you. I'm going to unmike my co-host, Dr. Marlo Kemp, who's with me tonight. Marlo, I'm going to let you say hello. Marlo? Hello, everyone. Good evening. Welcome to the show. All righty. And... Uh, Jim may be joining us shortly. We want to get started a little early tonight. And uh, we have a moment of silence for two people, really all people, but two people. And we'll have that moment of silence and then we'll talk about them. Just about 15 seconds. All right. The first person, <clears throat> in fact, both of these people have brought joy to so many people. But today, Ayala Bassant lost her youngest daughter, Nisa Bassant. And uh, she's just asking for everyone's prayer. Her daughter was born in 1974, and she just passed. And uh, Ayala Bassant is known for her advice, uh, life coaching. And she also has a, sh a show, Fix My Life. She's just been such a asset to so many people. And so uh, we want to say, we want to speak on her first. I'm going to let you go out to Kemp. But first, I'm going to say, Jim, tell everybody hello. Hello, hello, hello. All right, Jim, you're not coming in. You got to go out and come back in. Give it a try. Okay, that's Kemp. Talk on. Ayanla Vasant lost a daughter today. 
Unmike, come on. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Um, I didn't even hear that news, but thank you for definitely um, bringing that to the forefront. I'm just really sorry. Our prayers and thoughts goes out to Ayana um, and her family um, just on this this sudden tragic loss. Um, again, like I, I like I said, I didn't hear anything about it. Um, so our hearts and prayers and thoughts goes out to her and her family for sure. She's definitely been yes. an inspiration for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. It brings so much joy and education and insight into so many lives. Now, <clears throat> a second tragedy happened in a person's life, not as famous, but he brings joy to many, and that's Pastor Tommy Jackson. Pastor Jackson is a pastor of the church in Sanford, Connecticut. He was crossing the street last week, and so far was accidentally, they say, struck by a police officer who was uh, answering a call. And we just want to say in our hearts go out to Pastor Jackson, his congregation, the community, and also to the police officer who accidentally hit him. But um, Dr. Kim, your thoughts, and then we'll try to get you again. Um, yes, definitely. Our prayers and thoughts goes out to pastors, family, um, his congregation, you know, as well. But, you know, who would think that you just step out, you know, step outside to get the mail? Um, and who would know that that would be the last time, you know, that, you know, that you, your life would end, you know, that suddenly. And um, I just feel sorry. Our prayers go, goes out really to the police officer, too. <laughs> Because, you know, you, you have so many questions now. You know, were you on a call? Did you have lights on? Did you, you know, were your siren going? Like, what did you not see the pastor? You know, is, was it a blind curve? Or, you know, like, what what happened? So it's a, it's a lot of questions, you know. That people you know, know. Yeah, but, no matter what your answer, you're still going to feel bad for what happened. So, yeah. Jim, can you come in now? Nope, you're gonna have to come in on the chat tonight, Jim. Okay, we're gonna go on, <clears throat> Marlo and Jim, and we're gonna talk about our woman of the month, our last week with none other, you got it, Pearl Moore. She is the leading scorer in collegiate basketball, NAIAW. She played from 1975 to 1979 for Francis Marion College. Scored what? 4,061 points in her college career. In 2021, she was inducted into the Naismith Hall of Fame. This she was from Florence, South Carolina, and boy, one of the best. In fact, let me tell you what company she keeps. Of all the all scores, here they go, the top 10 of all time. John Pierce, David Lipscomb, 4,230. Philip Hutchinson, David Lipscomb. 4,106 points. Number three, Pearl Moore, Francis Marion College, 4,061 points. Travis Grant, Kentucky State, 4,045. Miriam Walker Samuel from Claflin, 3,855. Dev from Northwestern Indiana, 3,854. Bob Hawkins, Grambling State University, 3,759. Archie Talley, Salem College, West Virginia. 3,720, 
Steve Platt, Huntington College, Indiana, 3,700. Pistol Peak Maravich from LSU, 3,667. That's tied for ninth with Joey Miller, Alderson Broaddus College, West Virginia, 3,667. And yes, number 10, Lynette Woodard, University of Kansas, 3,649. So, Pearl Moore, we salute you. Woman of the Month, third leading scorer all time in NCAA history. And you are simply the best. And we thank you. Dr. Kemp, your thoughts, Pearl Moore. What an inspiration to us all, especially those of us that at least tried to play basketball, has played basketball, still playing basketball, especially women's basketball. Um, she is just a person that we can definitely strive to um, to actually try to try to accomplish the goal that she definitely set out to uh, achieve, being the number three career leading scorer. Um, in college basketball, I mean that's just amazing. And with this list, you know, I think one some someone had what just was ahead of somebody by one point. You know, scoring with just one point, but just for her to be, you know, in that that top ten list, and and for her to be number three, but the first woman um, on that list is amazing. So thank you so much, Miss Moore. Young, our hat goes off to you. We yes. Information, Dr. Bird. Thanks yes, for bringing it. Yes, All righty. Yeah, Pearl Moore. Now, let me give you some information. Next month, our Women of the Month, you know it's going to be three times Olympian, gold medalist, silver medalist, bronze medalist, heptathlon champion, the pride of East St. Louis, none other than Jackie Jordan. Kirsty, what do you think about that, Dr. Kemp? Jim, oh, yeah. let you type it in the chat. JJ. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I, the Olympian. Yeah. yeah, coach by her husband as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, what do you think about Jackie Jonah Kersey? And if you have to type in the chat, type in the chat. Give us a comment. Jackie Jonah Kersey, our woman of the month next month. JJ. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'll let Jim put the information in the chat, and we'll get to it. Now, Dr. Kent, we have something else that's coming up, and uh, everybody's paying attention to it. The Phoenix Mercury star, WNBA superstar, Brittany Griner, has taken a short break away from the game to work on her mental health. She won't be playing in two games uh, between July 30th and August 1st on the road trips to Chicago and Indiana. The murky fully supports Brittany and and uh and all of us do, you know, Simone Biles, Naomi Osaka, and uh DeRozan of the Chicago Bulls. So athletes are now coming out and taking time for their own mental health. And I think it's to be applauded with what she's gone through. What do you think about Brittany Griner just taking some steps away from the game after coming back and doing so well? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you can't blame her, you know, because who's to say that once she, you know, made it back home, how much time she was actually able to 
you know, just kind of spend in her own, you know, solitude away from, you know, just being released from, you know, Russia worrying about whether or not she would make it back home. And mm -hmm. then once she, you know, got here, you know, back to the States, you know, of course, everyone was glad to see her. She had, you know, of course, a lot of things that were going on, you know, by her being, you know, back home and, um, you know, then trying to get back into playing, you know, the game that she loves so much and preparing for that. And, um, and I'm pretty sure she's probably tired and just need that break to just, you know, rewind, um, you know, just, just kind of get mentally, you know, back into everything that she needs to, you know, get back mm -hmm. on to just, you know, pretty move, pretty much move forward. So um, it's it, it's definitely you know needed, and not so much with, you know, just athletes. I mean, I think everyone really needs to just take a mental break, you know, every now and and then. I mean, so yeah, I'm glad that well, she's gonna. Yeah, well, you know, Simone Biles, the Roseden, Naomi Osaka, they've all made it okay for athletes who we think have made a show come out. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll continue to support her. And uh, we're behind you, Brittany. Yes, BG. Okay. Jim put in the chat room, going back to Jackie Dona Kersey, uh, she might have been the greatest athlete ever. And Jim, uh, I think you have a great argument there. I think you have a great argument there. So, yeah. uh, I agree, Jim. Now, agree. let's move on. We talk, we've been talking about women executives in business. We have two more tonight. You may not know these names. Lisa France Kennedy. She's the CEO of International Speedway and vice chairman or chairperson of the board of directors for NASCAR. She's a third member of the France first family of NASCAR and who serves as the CEO of the International Speedway and vice chairperson of the board of directors of NASCAR. What do you think, Dr. Kemp? We don't think about that much. NASCAR. Hmm? Not at all. But, you know, hey, of course, somebody got to, you know, have those guys driving around those tracks like that. So, I mean, I was impressed when I, you know, read about her information. I was like, wow. I mean, but who knew that she was definitely, um, you know, ahead of the reins up there um, with her. I, I mean, you, who, who could blame her? You know, her, her dad did well passing the reins on to her. Yes, yes he did, yes he did. And then we have another woman of the month, I mean, a woman businesswoman, and that woman's name is uh, Lisa. It is uh, Lisa Frill, F-R-I-E-L. She was brought in in 2015 in the NFL as a special investigator by Commissioner Roger Goodell. And she's now helps investigate cases of domestic violence. She's on the inside of the uh, investigations of the NFL whenever players have misconduct. And uh, what do you think about her? Now, she was a former special investigator here in Manhattan, New York. So mm -hmm. um, what do you think about that, Doc? Yeah. I mean, now that you think about it, you know, you don't hear too much uh, these cases hardly anymore, do you? Or you don't really see a whole lot that's in the forefront um, like there were in the past. 
yep um because she's on it look like she is on it um you know anytime you you're the special counsel for investigation at the uh nfl um hey she's a powerful lady (laughs) yes she is and uh we'll just continue to highlight her and highlight these women who are doing great things and if we don't highlight them a lot of people just wouldn't know about them so congratulations to both lisa and lisa all right Okay, the ladies have been busy in the pool. Uh oh. <laughs> Katie Ledecky over in Japan breaks Michael Phelps' record for the most individual world titles. Uh, she broke it, I think she has 16 of them, and Michael Phelps had 15. Who would have ever thought this soon? that records will be broken of Michael Phelps. What do you think, Dr. Kemp? Jim, I'll let you put in the chat. Any of our listeners? Who would have known that just back in a couple of years ago, she was only 15 years old at what? The first, her first Olympic in London. And yeah. now she is wrapped in gold. Um, number 16 and surpassing yep. Michael Phelps. I bet you, I wonder if it makes him think maybe I should uh, start training. Maybe Simone and, and, and Gabby got something up. Let me think about maybe I need to put <coughs> some in and uh suit back up and try to win my title. Yeah. Yeah. Also, way to go, Katie. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah. And, she, and Jim, um, says, Jim says he didn't think whatever happened. Quite honestly, Jim, I remember way back 1972. Munich, Germany. I didn't think we'd ever see a swimmer better than Mark Fitz, but nobody talks about Mark Fitz anymore, do they? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, yeah. We want to welcome Miss Benita Hayes to the show. All righty. Another swim in history. And these were over in um, Japan, a swim meet over Japan this past weekend. There's in Fukuoka, Japan. Miss Ruta. Malute, M-E-I-L-U-T-Y-E, of Lithuania, set a record on Sunday in the women's 50-meter breaststrokes at the World Championships. She swam 50 meters in 26.19 seconds. You're talking about getting down the pool in 13 seconds, 25 meters. I'm not sure I could even run that fast. Marlo, what do you think about that? That's moving in the water. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And that's the breaststroke. She was moving. Yeah. 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 She was definitely moving. Yeah, you're right. No, I don't even think I've probably just been getting in the pool, just diving in. And you know, she yeah. <laughs> on the other on the other end on her way back. So Yeah, the breaststroke, um, you can't bring your arms out of the water, right? You push them out in front of you and then to the side of your waist all underwater. It's not like the uh, freestyle. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations to Ruta, Lithuania. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Lily King from the U.S. took the silver. Yeah. Yep. They're getting ready to make sure. Yes. In HBCU Sports, uh, athletic director, Mrs. Sykes at Florida A&M has been doing some hiring. Okay. She hired Tennessee Vols legend Bridget Gordon as the new women's basketball coach. 
uh, Bridget Gordon played for um, Pat Summit, and she helped win Coach Summit two of her first national championships in basketball. She's done some coaching since then, and I know that she is um, just hyped up to take the family job. In fact, today Bridget Gordon also gave high praise and love to LeBron James and best wishes to LeBron James in our opening press conference because LeBron James supports FAMU quite a bit. And uh, she is just going to be the right one for the job uh, to take the Lady Rattlers uh, back to the top. Marla, do you remember Bridget Gordon, University of Tennessee? More like 87, 89? Mm -hmm. yep, yep. I remember her. Um... And I think what eighty five through eighty nine, she was at uh, University of Tennessee, and um, yeah. So I mean, they are they are blessed to have her because she is awesome, I and mean, I'm sure she's going to be an amazing coach. Um, no doubt about it. Student athletes, um, so I'm I'm pretty sure they're definitely excited to have her. Absolutely, absolutely. The stories that she can tell. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, she reminds me of Coach Speak. <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. yep. what they what they're gonna bring to those ladies uh in their pedigree and able to coach them. Yeah. One more hiring, and this is over in the SIAC, the women's basketball team won the SIAC championship last year and lost in the first round of the national division two championship to a team out of Florida. But um they've also hired an excellent coach, Chianta Wester. And she's coming on. Uh, she has coached at several places in the CIAA, and she helped Virginia State win a CIAA championship about five years ago, and they won three or four in a row. So uh, Tuskegee said they look to continue their dominant winning ways in the SIAC, and I believe that coach will get it done for them. Dr. Kemp, what do you think about all these changes going on? I guess this is the season. Yeah. Hey, I guess they say, you know, if um, you, like you said, yeah, this is definitely the season for it. So, you know, you might as well just get them in place and get ready because you got uh, less than a month, less than a month to get everybody back in place, you know, before we start start a new season. Yeah. So yeah. looking forward to just seeing what, you know, the teams can do with all of their new leadership. And I'm pretty sure they'll definitely make it exciting, both mm -hmm. the coaches and the players. Yep. And Bridget Gordon was known, her nickname was Flash when she was at Tennessee. Yeah. What a player. All right. We're going to take a break and we'll come back. Just 30 seconds. We have something very important to talk about. All right. We'll be right back. Alrighty, welcome back. Dr. Cliff Burton, friends, featuring the absolute very best in all the women's sports and HBCU athletics. We want to welcome 10 of our 10 more listeners to the show who checked in with us. And um, we want to talk about a very important subject going on. 
With all the progress in women's athletics, there's something we have to watch. In California, Assemblyman Chris Holden, a Democrat, has proposed Bill 252. It is a California law. It's called Proposed College Athlete Protection Act. But let me tell you what it really does, okay? The College Athletic Protection Act takes the money, or they're proposing the money that come in the college athletes would come in, but be proportionally go to the athletes that bring in the money to those colleges. Let me tell you what that does. In fact, half of the revenues, they say, should go to the sports that generate it. We have to be careful because other states can pick this up. What does that mean? Well, <clears throat> football, basketball, your major generating sports. And let's be quite clear. It's in men's athletics that generate most of the revenue, with the exception of the few Connecticut, University of Tennessee, Stanford women's basketball programs. But most of the dollars come in through men's sports, and it's divided evenly amongst women's sports and gives all of the student athletes uh, equal amount of support. Under this new proposal, if the money goes half of it, the revenue to those who are generating it, a lot of women's sports will become underfunded or eliminated. In other words, Title IX going backward. Just put on the books in California and uh, they're trying to make it legislation. Dr. Kemp, your thoughts? I mean, I think it's ridiculous, um, this proposal. Um, it, you know, like you said, it's like, what, why are, you know, what's the question? Why are you doing this? Um, what good would it do to the, to, the, to the student athletes, your programs? Um, mm -hmm. What's the purpose? You know, are, are you getting a kickback from someone or, what, you know, are you, you know, who are your lobbyists that are, are definitely trying to get this bill passed and what's behind it? It, it would also kill the nonprofit men's sports. Mm -hmm. So this would uh, mm -hmm. really hurt the women, but it would kill some of the men's nonprofit sports and I just think would hurt college athletics all around. However, it is being proposed on the books in California right now. So we have to keep an eye on that. We want to say welcome to Fisk University's Hall of Fame basketball player, Renee Spencer, who joined us on the line. But type in the chat. What do you think about this new proposal by uh, the assemblyman in California that's on their books? And we don't know if it's going to pass or not, but um, it's, its effect and what that would do or, or, or could do uh, to athletics, women's athletics or the nonprofit sports. We have to keep an eye out. out. Mm -hmm. All right. Is there uh, possibly cutting into the students, you know, the NIL, you know, funds that no. the students are getting now? No. Or, or what is no. no. That's totally separate. The NIL comes from corporate sponsors directly to the athlete. That's totally separate. This is just talking about the athletic budget basically being redivided up that each sport that generates whatever revenue they generate, they take half. Now it's now the budgets are divided up such that all the sports can be supported. 
what would the rowing team do? Hmm? Right. That's my point. If if the students aren't there, to, you know, if, if there are no students there to get the NIL funding, you know, then. But, you know, again, that what would that do to your program? So but no, no, no. NIL funding goes to the student's pocket, right? Yes. But that doesn't support the sport, the travel, the equipment. So therefore, it, it, it won't even be an athlete, <laughs> basically. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, exactly. okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Keep it in mind, y'all. We want to continue to discuss it and, uh, and keep an eye on that legislation out there in California because uh, it could be big. It could be big. Okay. Oh, yeah. One thing we said we're going to cover this year, and we're going to get started tonight. It's volleyball season. And uh, we have the Division One rankings out, the top 10. And then we also got to go to one conference tonight, the SIAC. They're the only one out with the preseason rankings so far. Okay? And they're doing it in the men's volleyball because they're the only HBCU that has men's volleyball, the SIAC. So let's take NCAA Division One, number one ranked defending champion, the Texas Longhorns, the reigning national champions. And even though they lost player of the year, Logan Eagleston, doesn't matter. They are just going to reload with talent, and they are ranked number one. I'll give you the top five. Wisconsin, the Badgers are number two. They return every player. Stanford, number three. Louisville, number four. And that's it. I'm going to get and Nebraska number five. So I just want to get it out tonight. We want to keep up with volleyball, and we're going to keep up with volleyball in all of our conferences this year. This year. Now, let me go to the SIAC, the Southern Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. It's the only conference that has, HBCU conference, that has men's volleyball. Okay? Let's start with the preseason offensive player of the year. Rask Jesse Delancey is an outside hitter from Benedict College. And the preseason defense player of the year in volleyball called Barrow, Clint Forms from Benedict College. Now, only six teams in the SAAC out of all the teams have mid volleyball. And here's the predicted order of finish. Number one, Edward Waters. Two, Central State. Three, Benedict. Four, Fort Valley State. Five, Kentucky State. And number six, Men of Morehouse College. All righty? So, dude, we're starting off tonight. We wanted to get it out there, and we are going to keep up <clears throat> with volleyball this year. It's a great sport and a great way for young people to earn a scholarship and attend college. Volleyball. Yeah. That's Kev. Give us your comments. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm glad you brought this to us here as well because you don't really hear too many of the you know men volleyball teams um you know you always see the the, the ladies um around this time and they highlight the ladies so it's it's great to see you know all the guys out there um you know definitely participating um you know in the sport as well yeah i know they play you know but um it's just like you never really see um you know the men teams for volleyball yeah yeah well, congratulations to the SIAC on, a, on getting it started, and I think it's a great thing. All right, Dr. Kemp, here we are. And all of our listeners, we said we would cover the FIFA Women's World Cup this year. And boy, 
is turning into quite a thing. There were 32 teams, and they're playing overseas now. And uh, they get ready to get out to the round of 16, okay? Now, I'm going to tell you the groups A through H. And I'm going to tell you who is qualified so far by the groups. And also, unfortunately, who's been eliminated. Let me give you the rundown. In group A, in group A Switzerland qualified. Norway qualified. New Zealand eliminated out of the World Cup. Philippines out. They're eliminated. Okay. Group B, Australia qualified. Nigeria qualified. Canada eliminated. Republican, or no, Republic of Ireland eliminated. Okay. Here we go. Uh, group C, Group C, Japan qualified. Spain qualified for the round of 16. Eliminated the ladies of Zambia. Eliminated Costa Rica. All righty. Group D. Give me the rundown. Here we go. All these teams aren't eliminated, nor have they qualified. They still have some more playing to do. England, Denmark, China, and Haiti are still alive to fight to get in that round of 16. Okay? Let's go on. E. These teams are still alive, fighting to get in. USA, Netherlands, Portugal. Eliminated out of this pool is Vietnam. Okay? All righty. F. These teams are all still alive. France, Jamaica, and Brazil. Eliminated from the World Cup. Too many losses or draws. Panama out of this group. Okay? Let's move on down. In G, Group G, you have Sweden qualified. These other three are still in the hunt, trying to make the field of 16. Italy, South Africa, and Argentina. All righty? All right. And Group H, all these teams are still in the hunt. Colombia, Germany, Morocco, and South Korea. So there you have it. Seven teams are qualified so far. And a lot are still in the hunt, including the USA, who has to win. What do you think, Jim? Type in the chat, Dr. Kemp. We're doing the best we can to bring you the FIFA World Cup. <laughs> oh, I think that is going to man, 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 man. The teams that are left and that are in the hunt is going to be some game, some serious plan. I mean, because I watched the us and the netherlands and i mean sometimes i just had to keep turning the tv because i got nervous i was like oh lord we about to be <laughs> the netherlands, yeah. they were not playing i mean they were physical um and you could tell that they are definitely trying to knock us out um but and and the rest of the teams that are there mm, yeah they are definitely going to be trying to make it you know to the next round and to, and to win um but Yep. Those teams, those are some exciting teams um, that's left, um, and it's it's going to be really good coming down the stretch. It's going to be it's yep. an exciting matches coming down the stretch. Some of the lowest-seeded teams, uh, African team is still there. Mathematically, mm -hmm. Haiti Haiti is still alive. Yeah. Now, they, they, they're not favored, but they're still alive. And these are some of the lowest-seeded teams. So, hey, 
This thing is. Because I think uh, the Netherlands, they kind of surprised the the U.S. You know, U.S. looked like they were kind of tired when they was, you know, when they came out there. So, um, you know, you just really never know what night who's going to play well and move to yeah. the next round. Well, the, the ratings are up at an all-time high and uh, the viewership for the United States team, but the rest of the world is up at all-time high. So we're going to keep watching the FIFA Women's World Cup. All right, now. WNBA, we're in the second half of the season. Let me just give you the standings. The New York Liberty and the Eastern Conference. And we're just going to talk about the top four now because that's the way the playoffs will shape up. New York Liberty, 19-6. In the East, Connecticut Sun, 18-7. Atlanta Dream, 14-11. And the Washington Mystics are 12-13 in the Eastern Conference. Running away in the West, the Las Vegas Aces, 23-2, Dallas Springs, 14-11, Minnesota Lynx, 13-13, and the Los Angeles Sparks are 9-16. and 16. Dr. Kemp, do you think anybody can beat the Aces? And Jeff, type in the chat. Do you think anybody can beat them? I mean, I think the way the Liberty playing this year, you know, they may have a shot. The Connecticut. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, they may have a shot, especially with um, with Candace out, and yeah, but a couple of people, you know, out. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's going to be kind of tough, but you know, it's a couple of teams that are you know definitely playing well, well enough to at least give them a challenge. They're not going to be able to walk over them. That's for sure. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll take a thirty-second break, and we're gonna come back. Some of our men's sports. All right, we'll be right back. Welcome back, Dr. Cliff Burton. Friends, featuring the absolute very best in all the women's athletics and HBC sports. We'll finish up there. Uh, Renee, Hall of Famer Renee says, if Las Vegas keeps playing like they are, it'll be very hard to beat them. Jim says aces all the way. All right. Let's see how that goes. Now, in the men's sports, we have a sad note, a follow-up report. Football great Ray Lewis' son, Ray Lewis III, passed a few weeks ago. and uh, the autopsy has come back that he, they ruled it accidental, but they said he had a lethal mix of fentanyl, cocaine, methamphetamine in his system. He also had alcohol and alprazolam in his system. They ruled this an accident. Dr. Kemp, the seriousness of drugs, and mixing alcohol with alprazolam and cocaine and all the rest of it. Uh, just what do you think? Wow, that young man had to really be hurting, and um, and had just like I guess had just given up and just said, you know, I'm just gonna do what I need to do, 
um, to just, you know, just end it all. And I mean, that's just, well, who knows? I don't know. I don't know. Well, the autopsy is saying it's an accident. So, but this is quite a mixture. This is quite a mixture. Exactly. Um, exactly. And so, yeah, we never know what, uh, what someone's going through. And uh, Benita Hayes said, but look at the mix. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You just yeah. don't know. And I feel bad for uh, him. I feel bad for Ray, La Ray Lewis, the father, and all the friends and family who will be affected deeply by this for a very, very, very long time. You know, when I heard of this, um, cocaine with anything, but cocaine and alcohol took me back to Letty Bias' death in 85, you know, and that mixture. And I'm just wondering if, you know, they didn't say that we had a, a heart attack or arrhythmia or something of that nature. And this is just me wondering with that mixture. But um, we'll continue to pray for the Lewis family. You know, that's all you can do. Yep. Yeah, I think he had been battling with issues, you know, um, all along. So, but still, you know, yep. so I guess hard battle for him. All right, we'll keep it up for All right. A deal, a new deal has come along. Historic deal that will bring HBCU sports to over 70% of U.S. homes. It's with Urban Edge, uh, Urban Edge Network. And they say that it's a focused media company, a black-owned cable network, and it's an impact network, have announced a partnership to broadcast HBCU's latest sports Entertainment contact and the impact will be an exclusive linear home. HBCU was owned by Urban Edge Network. This it could be a big deal. What do you think about it, Dr. Kim? And you guys, please type in the chat. This is a big deal. It's a big deal. Us owning our product, Urban Edge Network. <laughs> I mean, I think it's awesome. You know, we can, you know, that way we'll be able to support and follow, you know, our teams, and especially when you can't make it there in person, um, you know, to the game, because everybody always wants to support their teams and at least try to make it to a classic, a homecoming or something. But, you know, even if you can't or your parents and grandparents can't make it, you know, at least this is a way, you know, that they could, you know, support families from afar. I think it's amazing. I think it's, it's great that yeah. we're finally getting to the point where we can definitely, you know, get our own. Mm -hmm. Just uh, Jim State's Impact was founded in 2020 in Detroit, and the TV deal will bring the channel impact to 75 million homes. And I agree with Renee Spencer, who says this is great for HBCU. Yes, it is. Got to support it. Got to support it. Exactly. Got to support it. All right. Let's start talking football. Preseason. We're going to start this year with the CIAA Conference. Okay? And we'll talk about our top teams and our top players in the CIAA. We'll go from week to week. Over the next four or five, over the next four weeks, through our conferences, okay. So, in the uh, CIAA, um, 
We'll talk about just the teams this week, and we'll get to the players in another week. The top team in CIAA is announced to be who? None other than, I think it's Virginia Union. Okay? Let me make sure I have my order right here. Nope. Fayetteville State. Nope. And Fayetteville State, they've won it the last three or four years. Then Bowie State, Virginia Union, Shaw, Virginia State, Johnson C. Smith, Winston-Salem State, Elizabeth City State, Bluefield State, and Lincoln out of PA. That is the predicted order of football of finish. Okay? Now, then they have um, Livingston and St. Aug are near the bottom. Okay? And I think I forgot to mention Shaw University as well. But that's the uh, order of finish. One more time. Fayetteville State, it was Bull State 2, Virginia Union 3, Shaw 4, Virginia State 5, Johnson State 6, Wilson Central State 7, Elizabeth City State 8, Bluefield State 9, Lincoln of PA 10, Livingston 11, and St. Aug is 12. So let's see how it turns out. You know, uh, Virginia Union probably has the best running back coming back, a guy named Byerson. He rushed for over 1,100 yards last year. and um, But, hey, we're going to see how it plays out as the year goes on. CIAA, we're going to announce it as we come down the pipe. It's our first conference for the year. What do you think, Dr. Kemp? It's going to be interesting to see how it lines up, or even, even midway. You know, midway through the season to see where each of the teams stand. Yeah. That's and one team, yeah. one team that they don't have on their list, and I know it's in the conference, is Chawan University. So um, I'm not sure what happened on their printout, but we'll have to see what's going on there. Chawan University is also a member of the CIAA. In fact, they're the first predominantly white school to join the CIAA, and they did very well in football last year. So I'm going to have to look and see, but they're not on the listing right now. Okay? Shawan, so we'll take a look. How do you spell their school name? C-H-O-W-A-N. C-H-O-W-A-N. Okay? I've heard of that. All righty. want to give you one more poll. Football. We're going to get the big boys now, Division One. We're going to take it with them as well this year. And we're going to get a top five. Number one, Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> when the college football playoff national championships last year, preseason. All right. You may have lost the quarterback. They preseason, number one. Number two, Jim's team, Michigan Wolverines, 13 and one. Even though Coach Harborough's having to work through some things. And you can hear some more about that on Drop the Mic, the Mark Jones' friend. All right. Number three. Ohio State Buckeyes, 11-2. Both of these teams made it to the college football playoffs last year, okay? And they lost the semifinals. Number four, of course, you know you can't count them out. Alabama, 11-2. They won the Sugar Bowl. And number five is the Penn State Nittany Lions. They finished last year 11-2 and won the what? They won the Rose Bowl. So we're going to keep an eye on We'll keep looking. And see what's going on. That James says, or Jim says, Division One top ten: Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, Michigan, Alabama, Tennessee, Penn State, Washington, Tulane, and FSU. Depends which poll you look at. 
But wait, we're going to keep a, keep an eye out. We're going to go to break. But before we do, I want you to start thinking your top 10 greatest athletes of all time, men and women mixed. All right? Men and women mixed. And then we're going to look at the top 10 WNBA greatest players of all time. So, Dr. Kemp, be ready. And Jim, Renee, be ready to type in the chat. We'll be right back. All right, well, Peter, let's get ready. All right, now. Welcome back, Dr. Cliff Burton, friends, featuring the absolute very best in all of women's athletics and HBCU sports. Now, this segment, we were going to talk about prior NFL training camps. We're going to wait till next week. we we'll get Jim back live, voice on the voice with us, and uh, we'll go over it then. So here we go. Dr. Kemp, we have discussions. Male and female, and I want everybody to type in the chat, mixed. Our top 10 athletes of all time. Number one. What do you have, Dr. Kemp? What do you think they said? Of all and while you're doing that, well, while you're doing that, I'm going to make you type it in the chat, Dr. Kemp, so everybody can see it. While you're doing that, James says that all these uh, schools lost their quarterbacks from last year. Still talking football. Georgia, Alabama, TCU, and Ohio State. All right, everybody, type in the chat. The number one athlete of all time. This is men and women's list mixed. What do you think? Okay, of all time. I gave about five seconds. Okay, here we go. They say it's LeBron James. Now, this is, I'm sorry, in the last decade, 2010 to 2020, okay? They say it's LeBron James played in eight NBA finals and he three of them. MVP twice when the goal in 2012, and nobody scored more points since the start of the 2009-2010 season. Okay, so this is the last decade, 2010 to 2020. Number one, LeBron James. Dr. Kemp, <coughs> who do you think was number two? I'm gonna go back to Serena. And you are absolutely right. It is none other than the great Serena Williams. Um, she was narrowly beat out by James. LeBron had 786 points. Serena had 781 points. And arguably the greatest tennis player of all time with 23 grand slams. Okay. Number three. This person had 742 points. Mm-hmm. Let Jim type it in the chat. See what he says. Number three. 
Okay. And they take a guess, men and women. Number three. Okay, let me see. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. All right. Let me give it to you. Tom Brady, 743 points. And for those who don't know, in 2000, he was a six-round draft choice. Okay? And yet his career spanned two decades. And um, he retired last year. He won two MVP awards. And uh, he led the Patriots to five Super Bowl appearances, three Super Bowl. No, he had more titles than that. He had more titles than that. But this was just doing the decade. Okay? Five Super Bowl appearances, three Super Bowl titles. This is just doing the decade from 2010 to 2020. His career, I believe he won seven Super Bowls total. Okay. Number four, coming in with 740 points. Type it in the chat. We're going to give you a second. Number four, Renee says Steph Curry. We'll see. Benita, come on, type it in. Don't hold back. Number four. All right. Marlo says Allison Felix. Okay. Remember, this is from 2010 to 2020. Simone Biles is who they have. The elite gymnastic scene as a 14-year-old in 2011. Two years later, she claimed the first world championship gold medals, winning the floor exercise and all-around competitions. She went on to win eight more goals at Worlds in 2014 and 2015. And she led the U.S. team to gold at the 2016 Rio Olympics. Yeah, she belongs there. She belongs there. And uh, <clears throat> she even came with a move that only she could do. They named I don't know what they named it, but it's a move on that floor that only she can do. Okay? All right. Number five. Number five. Uh-oh. What do you think, Dr. Kemp? The last decade. Last couple of decades. And nobody's, nobody's used twice. Benita says she's trying to cheat. And look up, folks. <laughs> Lord help us. You know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number five. Usain Bolt. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say which. International star, Olympic champion. When the decade started, he added to his legacy by coming the only sprinter to win gold medals in both the 100 and 200 meters in three consecutive Olympics, 2008. 2012 and 2016. And uh, and he won 11 gold medals at the track and field world championships from 2009 to 2015. Number six. This one's going to be a little tough. No, nobody think of this one. Let me give it to you. 610 points. Number six, Mike Trout. Jim keeps up with baseball, though. Made his uh, major league debut in 2011 at 19 years old. And a season later, he won the American League Rookie of the Year Award, finished second in the American League MVP voting. And he hadn't slowed down since. He's an eight-time All-Star and won three MVP awards and finished second four times. So, and right. had a lot of success in the postseason, but he's only 28 years old. What were you saying, Dr. Kemp? He's from New Jersey. Way to go, mm -hmm. Mike. Yep. <clears throat> All right, Renee, you're going to get this one right. Number seven at 571 point voting points. Who do we have? Number seven. 
Everybody type it in. We have 26 engagements on the line. Welcome, listeners. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And Renee has the answer. Yes, Steph Curry. Oh, Renee. <laughs> yeah. The overall pick of the 2009 NBA draft, he established himself as one of the game's best and greatest shooters ever. And he led in three-point field goals for five consecutive seasons, including a record 402 three-pointers in 2015 and 16. Steph Curry, breaking records, need I say more? Need I say more? Number eight. Uh oh, this is a kind of a tough one. Number eight. Give it about 10 seconds. That's a good one, Renee. Put. Yeah, Renee put Michael. Come on, Doctor Kemp. You got to put in that commit. All right, Floyd Mayweather, Money Mayweather. That's not a bad one. He probably's made the most money. That's for sure. Jim, <laughs> what do you have? Number eight. Benita's still trying to look him up. Come on, Benita. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Lionel Messi at 570 points. Who's that? He's the decade's greatest soccer rivalry. Messi comes out slightly ahead of Cristiano Ronaldo, a prolific goal scorer. Messi has won a record six Balloon DR awards five this decade as the world's top player. That's true. We might keep up with soccer here, but around the world, he is a beast. Mm. Got to give it to him. Yeah. Yep. Get, to get ready to take it home. Number nine. Number nine. All right. All right. I think we can get close here. I think Jay-Z say number nine. Okay, Jim said that the soccer player played later for Miami in the Major League of Soccer. Benita said, Jordan. When did Michael Jordan retire? 2009? That's not this decade. Benita, wouldn't he? Wouldn't he? <laughs> James said that plays now. Okay. Oops. <laughs> oh, I think it's the best show we've ever had. I got to stretch way back. Renee said lots of love. Lord have mercy. Okay. So in this decade, um, you guys may have mentioned them already. 541 points. It was Michael Phelps. Mm -hmm. Most of his accomplishments in the 2000s. He did enough alone in this decade to be considered the greatest swimmer in history. Following the unprecedented eight gold medals in 2008, Phelps cut back his schedule, winning four golds and two silvers in 2012 in London, and he was chosen as the U.S. flag bearer for the 2016 Rio Games, where he had another five gold medals and one silver. So, yeah, from 2010 to 2020, he kicked some tail. All right. One more. Dr. Bird, it's hard for us to think back. Yeah, one decade. <laughs> Who's this guy? I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. He's a guy, and he plays tennis. Number 10. Got to keep this. Oh, let's see. I'm going to say... James says Roger Federer. Marlon says Nadal. Renee, who's this? Negri, N-E-G-R-L. Mm. 
Okay. All right. Well, let me give it to you. Number 10, you're right. No Jack Novak Djokovic at 479 points. This men's tennis has been ruled by three players. You guys are right. Both hold the upper hand. Djokovic holds that upper hand, at least at the time of this poll. Of his 16 Grand Slam tournament titles, 15 have come since 2011, including all five crowns and six of his records, seven Australian Open titles. 2015 season, he won three majors and reached the finals of the fourth. He's considered one of the greatest in history. That is for sure. That is for sure. Uh, great, great job. Benita says Federer. Getting closer, Benita. We'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. All righty. And uh, you guys have done a great job. Okay? Now, we only have about four minutes left. And so we're going to let everybody just type in your greatest women's WNBA player of all time. We won't do the top ten. We don't have time. But you type in your name, and let's see what you're thinking. I'll even type in mine of who we think is the top WNBA player of all time since the inception of the league. Okay? I'll let everybody type it in. I'll type mine in, too. Next week, we'll see who's in the top ten. All right? I said my four. You took mine, Dr. Burke. Lisa. Oh, Renee gave us three. Cooper. Uh, Lisa Leslie. There must be Tina Thompson. Is that who's Lobo? Is that Dana? Um, I can tell you, I can tell you, Renee, from the list, that's in the top 15 players I know. From the top list of 25 players, you've got three of them. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Marlon says Maya Moore. Jim, you going to commit? Who do you have? One player. Top of all time. WNBA. Can I have one more question for you before we get up there? Who do you have, Jim? Uh, Jim says Dan Tarosti or Sue Bird. Uh-oh. Mm -hmm. Okay, Benita. This is just the one I watched. Now, Benita, ask me my next question. I'm going to come back to your answer. <laughs> Renee says Rebecca, Rebecca Lobo. Great one. Now, Benita, you're going to win the next one. Who's the greatest female basketball player that did not ever play in the WNBA? And Benita, you win it. Cheryl Miller. That's my choice. Yeah, she was before her time. There's some more you can add to that list. Lynette Water, back in the 80s. Teresa Edwards at the University of Georgia. You can add her to that list. Um, and there's a few more. Let's see who we have. Yeah, Teresa Edwards. Yeah, there's a few more. Uh, Nancy Lieberman Klein. You can add her to that list. Um, there's a few more as well that played on that '76 Olympic team. Uh, Lucia. Oh yeah, Lucia Harris, our first woman of the month. Yeah. Oh, well, hold on. <laughs> Pearl Moore. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah well it's been a great show we have coming up uh you know the kids are about to get back in school hbcus major colleges and so this time of year is so enjoyable pretty soon we'll be back going back on our two guests a month a bi-weekly guest and of course we're starting it off august 14th the gulf coast athletic conference commissioner, none other than the 
tremendous Dr. Kiki Baker Barnes. She'll be right here on this show. And then we have some other tremendous guests that we're working on right now. Okay. <clears throat> now, if you want to hear some more expanded sports, we've invited Coach Crawford back on the show from Fizz. We've invited Nashville sensation Jackie Freeman, Jackie Cowan Freeman, a legend. And she's promised me she's coming on the show. Just talked to this morning, and we are just elated about that. Oh, yeah. And so we're lining up our uh, fall lineup of guests, the best women and the best in athletics. And then we also have some commit, some commits. Um, CEO Rodney Woods, who works with uh, Playbook Investors Network, has called us, and he has several athletes in his network. HBCU graduate uh, Avery Johnson, NBA great, has committed to coming on the show. We've reached out to coach um, through Harriet, uh, and she's uh, to reach out to Teresa Lawrence Phillips. I also asked Jackie to reach out to her. So we're lining up. We're lining up. We got a lot of great guests coming this fall. Okay. Um, if you want to hear some more sports, 9, 10 a.m., WFDF Superstation every Wednesday night. We have Jim Mar on the Mark Williams and Fred show. Jim, Mark, Reggie, Jack, Carl, and I always miss one, but Jim, type them in the chat. And then you have Mark Jones and Fred show. Drop the mic. Those same stations and several other platforms Monday through Friday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, I stopped by every now and then. They did, uh, Jim, uh, I thank him for letting me do an interview to talk about the medical condition of LeBron James last week. So I thank Jim on that. And Derek. Derek is our last person. So let's continue to support. As always, Dr. Kemp, we'll let you have the last word before we come back for next week. What do you think, Dr. Kemp? Well, we just want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening in and being on the chat. Um, it's been a wonderful show this evening. Everybody, please stay safe as we get back, and especially in the South, if we're sending our children back to school. Uh, we mm -hmm. have continued prayers to all those um, in need, uh, especially uh, Ivana Van Zant family, the Lewis family, um, and all those that we spoke of this evening. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Thank you so much. And we'll see everybody back in 168 hours from now. And bring somebody with you. All right, now. Thank you. Jim, we need you back, Jim. <laughs> <laughs>